49 er fans and welcome to the latest 49ers paradise podcast show thank you all very much for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the show this week's show is sponsored by femfan.com that's f-e-m-m-e fan.com femfan is a great football site and it's written from the female perspective which is a little bit different gives you a different uh, taste of things it's something you'll definitely definitely want to check out that's femfan.com all right, so I want to remind everyone that if you are interested in sponsoring a 49ers Paradise podcast show, please contact me at podcast at 49ersparadise.cjb.net. They're a fantastic way to get in touch with a perfectly targeted market. So definitely contact me at podcast at 49ersparadise.cjb.net, and I'll be happy to help you set up a 49ers Paradise podcast commercial. All right. And that, of course, brings us into this week's site feature. This week's site features something I mentioned last week, but also wanted to build up a little bit because I really think it's a fantastic addition to the site. It's the off-season tab located on the main page of 49ers Paradise next to the News, Paradise Press, and Forum tabs. The off-season tab keeps track of all the latest happenings in free agency for the 49ers, trades, as well as uh, big draft moves, and, of course, keeps track of draft information. And this week I also added a latest draft headline feed, which brings the uh, latest draft news from around the league. It's constantly updated um, right into 49ers Paradise. So there's now no longer a need to go anywhere else to get your draft information. You can get it all directly from 49ers Paradise. Uh, just an example of something out there right now. One of the titles is uh, Spotlight on the Draft, Mercedes Lewis. Another is Summer Training for NFL Draft, or 10 players moving up, 5 down on NFL Draft Board. So it's really an excellent resource for draft information, something you should all definitely be looking into as we get a little bit closer to the draft. Of course, there's also the 49ers Paradise Draft Field. It, it of course, is updated with tons of NFL draft information. It's got uh, this great offensive and defensive prospects that is also constantly updated. It gives you the top 10 at each position, and, uh, again, a fantastic addition to 49ers Paradise. Speaking of the draft, I want to do. I want to mention that Colin Lindsay of the GBN Report, who was in to chat with us earlier this year, will come back to the for, back to the Fort Nice Paradise uh, chat room to have another chat with us on Monday, April thirteenth. That's Monday, April thirteenth at nine p.m. Eastern Time or six p.m. Pacific Time. The uh, information on the chat session is, of course, available in the forum or on the draft field. And uh, Colin is an amazing draft guru to have at the site, and we are thrilled to bring him back for the second time this season. So you'll definitely, definitely want to be there. That brings us to a couple questions for this week's podcast show. One is for Mike in, from Mike in New York, and Mike is asking if the new collective bargaining agreement will impact the state of 49ers' ability to get a stadium. And, um, well, I guess we'll begin by looking at what the collective bargaining agreement has in it, and that's a ability for for the 49ers or any team in the league for that matter to get a loan towards a new stadium of up to $150 million from the NFL. Um, this loan is something that the players do have to vote on be, at, 
and possibly the owners too. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, to be perfectly honest, but basically the revenue that would normally go to the visiting team, visiting, in this case, San Francisco, um, would be put into a pool for all 16 games in the season, and that revenue then is put towards a loan for a new stadium. Of course, this has to be voted on and approved by definitely the players, and I'm pretty sure the owners as well, for something like that to go through. But from my readings, it doesn't seem like that vote is generally much of an obstacle because of the future value generated from having a new stadium is usually far in excess of foregoing a year's revenue in th in this situation. So that's something interesting, that $150 million, coupled with what the, is available to the team if they build a stadium with a mall attached to it through the city and um assuming the yorks would put up a you know another 150 million we we're talking somewhere in the ballpark of 400 to 450 million bucks uh that could be put to a new stadium now back when a stadium was being first considered by eddie debartlo to be rebuilt for the 49ers or all new for the 49ers rather um 450 million bucks would probably be almost enough to just get you the new stadium but all these years later i'm imagining that we're probably looking at half the price is probably 450 million bucks which means either the Yorks are going to have to dig into their own pockets find a partner who will help subsidize a new stadium or get a loan in any case I do think it does raise a, a bit of the chances of getting a new stadium but really my hopes are so dashed by the Yorks right now on this particular issue that until I actually see a shovel in the ground I'm not convinced the stadium is happening. The next question is from Harley in San Francisco. Harley is asking how I think that the Niners should approach the free agency period given that there's this new cap in which they have 27 or so million dollars of cap room. And um, my answer to Harley or anyone who's asking this question would be with extreme patience and vigilance. I think the last thing the 49ers should do is say, oh, we've got 27 million bucks, let's go out there and get every big name. Because I'm not concerned with bringing in a big name to this team. What I am concerned about doing is bringing in the right players to the team. The right player might not be a big name, but should be a starter. And certainly we'll be looking for a starter at receiver. So that'll be a, a very interesting scenario. I do think that we have the money to make the right moves. I don't think we should be jumping in without any caution. Certainly we have to be cautious about who we're signing and what type of deals we're signing, particularly because there is nobody, that's nobody, who is an experienced negotiator in the front office right now, which remains to be a huge problem for this team right now. I also think that it's kind of peculiar that Joe Nedney signed this week, Derek Smith signed last week, neither of whose contracts were disclosed. That's not so out of the ordinary, but typically you hear what the signing bonus is, and in particular, Derek Smith was even interviewed on radio and asked the question, and he shied away from it. So I'm wondering what the connection between that and not having an experienced negotiator in the front office is. I'm wondering if the 49ers are really putting pressure on their players to keep keep their mouths shut about what they're making, or if perhaps a player like Smith just doesn't want to be seen as an X million dollar man and doesn't want to have the pressure of, oh, he's making X million dollars, is he worth it, is he not worth it, from the fans' perspective. So it could go either way, but anyway, you cut it, we need to get a front office negotiator in there. 
Alright, so a reminder on how you can contact 49ers Paradise with your questions to be answered on air. You can either email me at podcast at 49ersparadise.cjb.net with your questions, or you can call directly into the show and hear your voice on the podcast show. You can do so by dialing local numbers from throughout the United States, or by using a program called Gizmo, but from San Francisco, just dial 415-354-1083, press 1 when you're prompted, Dial one seven four seven six two eight seven one four nine, and then the number sign to be connected to 49ers Paradise directly. It's a free call from San Francisco and from th- throughout the United States. To get these numbers, you can check out the podcast page at 49ers Paradise, or from San Francisco, the number is right on the main page in the podcast section on 49ers Paradise. So please call in, ask your questions, email in with your questions. I'll be happy to answer them on air for you. Alright, and that of course brings us to the nitty-gritty of this week's show. And uh, to say the 49ers have had a busy week is probably a bit of an understatement. Most of you, by the time you're hearing this, will know for sure that Brandon Lloyd was traded to the Washington Redskins for a third pick this year and a fourth pick next year. Additionally, the team signed Joe Nedney to a four-year deal. It's also believed that the Washington Redskins will be acquiring Andre Carter, who's a 49ers linebacker, but also a free agent this season. So given that, there's been a lot of news happening around the 49ers this week. But in particular, the Lloyd story has to be the best one. I'm not 100% sure where I stand in terms of the type of compensation the team got for Lloyd. I'm not so opposed to the fact that they traded him, Um, because I think he's probably one of the few players the team could trade for any serious value. Um, Lloyd was a very energetic player for the team. He made highlight reel catch after highlight reel catch. But, on the other hand, he did have his inconsistencies. At times he showed quote-unquote alligator arms, and uh, at other times he was said to be disruptive in the locker room to the running backs or the defense depending on who you speak to, possibly both. So what I see in Lloyd is a player with a massive upside potential, um, and he's probably an average receiver as things currently stand right now. So given that, I think the team got fair compensation for who Brandon Lloyd is today. Even though he was tendered at a first round, I don't think the team ever thought they were going to get a first pick for him. If I was any team in the NFL, I wouldn't pay a first pick for him. Um, But a third and a fourth for the player that Brandon Lloyd is today and throughout his career to date, I think is fair compensation. But he's one of those players who I really think could become a huge player in the NFL. And if that happens, the 49ers will have been absolutely laughed at for the type of deal that they let him go for. The fact that they couldn't get a second pick or two-thirds for him, if that's the scenario, will look really, really bad for Mike Nolan, who probably was not very opposed to letting a not-so-much-team-first guy out of the organization. Even still, I think if the team had a real negotiator in their front office, perhaps they could have gotten a little bit more compensation for Lloyd to compensate them for the future potential he brings to the field. And the team is going to be pursuing either Antonio Bryant of Cleveland, Antoine Randall L. of Pittsburgh, 
or New England's receiver David Givens to replace Brandon Lloyd. There are a couple other names that have been tossed around, Eric Moulds of Buffalo, Javon Walker of the Packers. Um, each of these receivers can probably equal Lloyd's production so far. I, uh, I don't know if any of these receivers has the same type of upside that Lloyd has. Some of them do have a bit of attitude issues, so that could present uh, or cancel out with Lloyd in terms of one player over the other. Um, and it's not entirely impossible that the 49ers sign two of these players um, and let them compete with battle for a starting position and really solidify the receiving core. But what I'm seeing in the receivers that are out there in free agency right now is everyone seems to be average. I don't see a guy in there who is, wow, I need to have him. He's Terrell Owens without the attitude. He's the number one guy I want on my team. And that's the type of receiver that I would be looking for the 49ers to have. Now, all that being said, there is also the draft. And this year's draft is not full of the huge, big, I'm going to muscle over you wide receiver. What he is, what it, this year's draft is full of are pretty quick receivers with good roots and good hands. And I think the 49ers will pick one on the first day. Given the extra first pick, or extra pick on the first day as well, I think it's entirely possible that the 49ers may even move up in the second round into the first round, or at least move up in the second round to try and get a guy, perhaps like Moss in the draft, who will really, really help round out the receiving core. Essentially what the team has done is they've placed a bet down. They've bet that whoever they bring in in free agency, be it Bryant, Randall L., Givens, Walker, Moulds, whoever that might be, or whoever they draft, Moss perhaps, or whoever's on their roster, Hamilton, Woods, will be able to at least equal, if not exceed, Brandon Lloyd's play. But no one can turn their eyes to the fact that in the past three years, the 49ers have lost their top three receivers three years running. Owens, Wilson, Lloyd, out the door in three consecutive years. And if even if you ask Bill Walsh what a key in, to success in football is, it's consistency. And there needs to be some sort of consistency for the quarterback and the receivers. There has to be consistency for a, a coach. For every position on the field, consistency is a very big factor in determining success, particularly long-term success. So I think the Lloyd situation is pretty interesting. Um, how it unfolds and whether or not I'm happy or not happy with the deal will essentially come down to what Lloyd does in the coming two years in terms of his production. Because if he turns out to be the player that he currently is for the team, then I think the 49ers have probably worked a fair deal. But if that upside potential that he does possess turns out to be the next Terrell Owens, perhaps with not quite as bad an attitude, then I think the 49ers may have really dropped the bat on this one. On the other hand, if a guy like Derek Hamilton steps up and is an absolute performer, and it's possible, especially considering how impressive he was in preseason last year, um, then maybe we can look past even a really big improvement by Brandon Lloyd. Obviously, signing place kicker Joe Nenny was a huge move for the 49ers. Nenny, a local Californian, um, wanted to stay in San Francisco, didn't want to test the free agent market, and um, it's great to have the second co-MVP returning to the team. He really brought consistency to the special teams and place-kicking position for the 49ers, something they've been sorely lacking over the years. 
And um, it's great, great to know that we have a reliable kicker for the first time in a very, very long time. So I'm very happy that Nedney wanted to return to the 49ers, was able to work a deal to return to the 49ers, and felt that he didn't need to test the water. He didn't want to go elsewhere. Um, and Derek Smith felt the same way. So it's interesting because in the past few years, particularly in the Dennis Erickson stage, you weren't getting 49ers or other players wanting to join the 49ers because they were the 49ers. For the longest time under Steve Mariucci, Bill Walsh, George Seifert, players were willing to take less money to come play for the 49ers, particularly players who were already on the team. So it's great to see that at least a few players are starting to bring back that mentality in Nenny and Smith, and hopefully others will also begin to see things that way. Obviously, losing a guy like Andre Carter this offseason would be pretty bad for the linebacking core. I know the team has already worked pretty hard at returning at least Jeff Ulbrich, Derek Smith, and Brandon Moore to the linebackers, and man, having so many linebackers exposed to free agency in the same year was probably not the best thing that Terry Donahue could have done for this team. But uh, Andre Carter and Julian Peterson are still out there. Andre Carter is apparently being wooed by the Washington Redskins quite heavily, and um, all signs are pointing to him going that way. But who knows? Maybe he'll take a page out of Derek Smith or Joe Nenny's book and say, yeah, I tested free agency, but San Francisco's where I want to be, and he'll come back to the team. Um, the same would go for Julian Peterson, who surprisingly hasn't been pursued, at least not openly, by many teams right now. Um, but certainly, Peterson is, at the very least, a very, very good linebacker, and somebody that I would be happy to have the team bring back for the right deal. The question is, can any team work the right deal for Julian Peterson, given what he's asking? Um, so that, that about rounds out the news for this week. Uh, free agency is flashing by us, and teams are very hot on the news. Um, one thing I do want to point out is Edgar, Edgar and James was signed by the Arizona Cardinals, who year after year have continued to really improve their offense, and uh, it's going to make that the NFC West that much more competitive and that much harder to succeed in. So that's uh, a quick around the NFL tidbit for all of you, and I want to thank you all once again for tuning in to the 49ers Paradise Podcast Show. Your support to the site, particularly financially over the past month or so, has been extremely, extremely important to me, and I really, really appreciate it. I can't express my gratitude enough other than to pour my blood, sweat, and tears back into continuing to make 49ers Paradise the best website for 49ers information on the internet. Again, I want to invite you all to contact me at podcast at 49ersparadise.cjb.net with your questions to be answered on air or even to have uh, a show sponsored. So certainly do that, or give me a call at 1-415-354-1083, press 1 when prompted, 1-747-628-7149, then the number sign to be connected to 49ers Paradise. It's a great way to hear your voice on air and certainly express your views about the 49ers. Thank you to femfan.com for sponsoring this show, and I look forward to speaking to you all this week. Take care. Bye-bye. But the days of the 49ers had only just begun.